Chess Talk, episode 259. Hello. Hello. We're back. We're here to talk about things, how our week's been, got some more television, got some movie review, and I think that's it. You ready to get into it? Sure. I'm going to be playing chess and talking. Let's make my first move against this stupid robot. Got to belittle them to make sure I win. We have Chloe in the room. She's not going to say anything? No, she's not because she's annoyed that we're not on a walk right now. Uh, how are you? How's your week? Fine. How about you? It was fine. Uh, since we last recorded, yeah. I was in the office all week, but now I'm back to working from home, so that's a nice change back. So uh, it was good work-wise. I did a interesting thing on Friday with the um, Under Oath live concert stream or whatever. Oh, yeah. Because they're doing a thing where they repressed their first... They call them their first three albums, but the first three albums after their new vocalist joined. Repressed them on vinyl and in celebration or whatever. Just The reason they're doing it is because every Friday for three weeks they're going to be doing a live stream of them playing that album in entirety. Um, so they did Lost in the Sound of Separation on Friday, and I watched it, and it was cool. It was just 15 bucks for the ticket, and then you just show up when it says it's going to start, and it starts, and then until August sometime, you can go back and rewatch it at your leisure, and people are speculating that they're going to put out all three on like a Blu-ray or something, so that way you can watch all of them if you want, and that's why they have like a weird cutoff date mm-hmm. for the you know, rewatching. Yeah, so you can buy it again. <laughs> yeah, and so you can see all three because money. I'm sure some people like me aren't gonna watch all three of them when they're live and stuff, yeah. and that's fine. Because the only thing I was disappointed with is like they really didn't have any interaction. Like, so watching it live didn't really matter too much. Were they all in their respective like homes? Or... Nope. Oh, they were like in Florida somewhere, like in some sort of like room. Weird. Some like stage or production thing that they built yeah that's not so distanced i mean they were for the most part except for the vocalist like they were all just kind of like in their little like segmented area Mm -hmm. and like just the vocalist was really moving around otherwise they were all just like headbanging were they wearing masks no the crew people were wearing masks though like the cameramen and stuff like that they were all wearing masks Mm -hmm. it was interesting i figured that was definitely something worth bringing up aside from that what else did i do just played more horizon zero dawn I'm at like 11 hours into that game, and it's, I don't know, I'm probably just a completionist, and I'm just like, I just want to beat it and get the trophies just so I can say I did it. Do you but even I, like the game? I enjoy it, but I'm not like blown away by it or anything, because it is just open world, you know. It's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty, and it's, you know, the combat for what it is is interesting. It's nice when you get the right hit on the machines that takes their components off and does a bunch of damage like that is cool but i mean yeah i'm not like obsessed with it and i'm not like actively trying to play it every chance i get but i'm yeah. just like i started it and there's fucking trophies and they're not hard trophies it's just if i can go get the things and they're on the map so i'm like yeah i'll just do it but i am definitely gonna finish it so whatever that says about the game i guess is going for it mm-hmm. you wanted to try something different this week cooking wise yes i did and we're two days into that yeah. How are you enjoying it? We are trying to do a meatless week of mm-hmm. dinners. Mm-hmm. Lunches don't count. Yeah. I was going to, but my avocado <clears throat> wasn't ripe yet. Oh, I... like you were going to have a meatless. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like at least today I was going to make like avocado toast or something. Yeah. But my avocado was hard as rock, so. 
yeah, we had, what do we have on Sunday? We had the skillet lasagna. I'd never really had zucchini before. I know that's really sad for an adult to say, but... But you said it. I, my, I told my mom about the recipe yesterday, and she said it sounded delicious, but she would never get my dad to eat it because vegetables because he doesn't like eating vegetables he will and that's why you don't he likes you know putting onions and tomatoes in things but he doesn't like eating tomatoes Mm -hmm. he doesn't like i don't know he'll eat like the basic ones he doesn't like broccoli he doesn't like any kind of bean yeah he doesn't like beans so he would not eat chili i wasn't like forced to expand my horizons too much as a kid so i'm trying to now yeah and so we Gave you some zucchini, and we had tempeh chili. How do you say it? Temp, temp. Tempeh. It's T-E-M-P-E. T-E-M-P-E-H. Tempeh. Or tempeh. So we had that yeah. chili. So we're trying different things, and we got some fake chorizo one of these days, and we're going to have Thai food on Wednesday, I believe. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's different. We're trying it. New city, new us. Yeah. I want to not be gross anymore. You're never gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's it. I think we're ready to get into the show because we finished The Great, finally. We did finish The Great. Five episodes of the podcast later, and we did it. Told you guys we would. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, we're going to talk about The Great, episodes 9 and 10, but overall the show as well. Uh, Spoilers, if you care, you should probably go watch it. And let's get into it. I enjoyed it. Say that much. I don't know about you. Do you want to go over specific last two episodes first and then as a whole? Yeah. So yeah, episode nine has them trying to make moves in the political system and they're trying to influence different people. And in that course of it, uh, Vilimentov and uh, Leo, I forgot his name. Yeah. Uh, they ended up killing <laughs> the person they were trying to persuade because oh. Leo fucked up. And so because of that, Peter, Peter's aunt, figured out that, you know, something's going on. This isn't just a one-off thing because yeah. the person they killed was actually Peter's dad's best friend that he never told anyone. Mm-hmm. So because of that, Peter goes to extreme lengths to torture the court and everyone in it. Literally torturing them yeah. to find out who is the uh, the bad guy. Yeah, the torture consisted of the fingernail station. Yeah. There was the eel bath. There was the... Tie yourself to a brick and walk in circles as a man above you drops a brick on you at a random interval. Yeah. So yeah, good old-fashioned Russian medieval torture room uh, that was happening with everyone in the courtroom. And then uh, Rostov, who was in the earlier episodes, who was forced to shave his beard, mm-hmm. came back and had some crazy sex with Mariel. Yeah. <laughs> had to mention that. Mm-hmm. And then... Mario complains about Peter to him, and so he's like, I'll kill him, and he doesn't. No, what happens? <laughs> he shows up to try and kill him, and Grigor, George, and Peter just <laughs> brutally murder him. In... Yeah, that does happen. I can't think of anything else that happened that episode. I can't either. Just okay. the main trying to convince people to join their side, and the only one that was really successful was the guy that Orlo went and talked to and within like two seconds he was just like give me this much money and a port and okay sure mm-hmm. technically I mean, rostov was successful but he yeah. died so it doesn't count they did get rostov he, he was died. he was still a part of the whole shebang yeah whether or not he died was not <clears throat> anyone's fault was it not i mean it was mariel's fault yep 
she's just too impulsive and we'll get into that uh but yeah the episode ends with Catherine finding out she's pregnant because the aunt has her pee on wheat the medieval not even medieval it's fucking 18th century yes yeah 18th century birth pregnancy tests <laughs> you got there i am tired episode 10 started with Catherine reeling over it and deciding that it's her birthday and she's going to kill peter and so we have them briefly plotting how that's going to work and then they're interrupted with the plan of Catherine going to stop Peter during their lunch with Voltaire mm-hmm. <laughs> showing up as the birthday present from Peter to Catherine. So that was a fun little yeah. cameo, I guess I'll call it, from a notable history figure. What else happened that episode? Catherine woke up on her birthday, decided today was the day for the coup. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was it? The biggest plot yeah, point but... of the whole episode. Yeah. But, I mean, you wanted to get into Mariel, and yeah, that was this episode. I get where she is coming from and why she did what she did, but it doesn't make it okay, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? What did she do? She betrayed Catherine. She told Peter that Catherine was the one doing the coup, basically. She was the one behind the coup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that she did anything wrong. I mean... She she made the right choice. That's what I'll say. I don't think so. Because by telling... Catherine is never going to tell Peter that she was pregnant. And so by her doing that, she saved Catherine's life. Yeah. There's no way around that. She gave... She could have told him she was pregnant without... I have a feeling that if it was straight from Catherine, mm-hmm. Peter might not have believed it. But I think because Mariel said it and she was confessing to everything, he took it more at face value. Yeah. I think that is what saved Catherine's life mm-hmm. and what allowed her to have the choice to then, again, spoilers, sacrifice Leo to continue the revolution in an attempt to overthrow Peter. Yeah. I don't think without Mariel doing what she did, Catherine's plan would have continued and gone on. Mm-hmm. That's where I stand. So I can't fault Mariel too much. Yes, it was impulsive, but at the same time, it served its purpose. I guess. Because she did it and the outcome wasn't terrible. So I mean, like, it must have been an okay choice to make. Like she, sure she's impulsive, but she put some thought into it and it panned out. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at with it. I think she was more selfishly motivated than you're. Oh yeah, she giving is giving her credit for that. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. she's she totally did it so she could try and be a lady again. Oh yeah, I don't think she had Catherine's best interest in mind. I think it was just like a byproduct of helping herself. Yeah, but it was still ultimately the best thing for Catherine's survival. Whether or not Mariel intended it, that's to me, that's not the discussion. It's mm-hmm. was it the best thing to do? I think it was. So, Ku starts, Melamentov starts a little early and starts killing the guards before Catherine's killed Peter. Because he knows that one of the guards is like dissenting and yeah. is about to go and like rat yeah. them out. So, Melamentov starts before they're ready. Basically, things are proceeding. Peter confronts Catherine after knowing that she's the one behind it all and basically threatens to kill Leo if she tries to move it forward anymore. Yeah, because Catherine proposes she has the upper hand and, you know, if Peter just steps aside, he can still be emperor, just not ruling and have all the fun parts of being emperor. The No, wife. she asked him to abdicate. I don't know what that means. I meant to look that up. When you abdicate the throne, it means you give up your power you give up your title but he's still married to the empress yeah but so he's i mean not the he's not the that's why i said like he would have no power but 
but he would still be technically the emperor because he's married to the empress. What do you call that? He'll be dead. No, I think Catherine would have saved him, would have spared him. I don't know. I she, don't know. I'm she just gave him. I don't know. She gave him the option to abdicate, abdicate, abdicate and step aside, let her take over, mm-hmm. and so he could still live in the court, have all the fun that he wants without have any, George. Basically, mm-hmm. but also have the kid that Catherine now presented to him. Like yeah. you could still raise your heir. I think she was lying because she was so ready to kill him. I think she was bargaining, and she was like, "Oh shit." It is falling apart. I need mm-hmm. to save this. And, you know, this way I can still rule and, you know, I can spin it to him so that way he sees it only in the positive. Yeah. That's how I was <clears throat> interpreting it. Mm-hmm. Maybe in a year or whatever, like, he would have pissed her off and, okay, she kills him. But from how she was selling it, it didn't seem like she was... I think she was lying because she told Mariel that they weren't going to kill Archie. Yeah. And she clearly has no issue lying, lying. about murder. Yeah. She definitely has more of a personal vendetta against Archie. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Peter, it's just like, to become Empress, Peter has to die. Yeah. Like, Peter's death is more of a means to an end. Whereas with Archie, it's personal. Yeah. That's where I see it. Because she like she even says to Peter, like, she does love him in a frustrating way. Yeah. And so she doesn't want to kill him. But it's like, if she wants power and to save Russia, which is her heart, she has to kill him. Mm-hmm. I guess. But yeah, so that was the plan for Catherine to Peter. And Peter was like, or you back down now or I kill Leo. Yeah. And so you can then continue. She strongly considered backing down. She sent word to Velamentov and they stopped for a little. So, I mean, she did until she thought about it. Mm -hmm. What do you think made her change? Do you think it was what Velamentov said and how like people had hope in their eyes? I think it was what Voltaire said to her. That a man is a man. Yeah. And there are more important things at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, he said more eloquently that, like, love is fleeting. Yeah. And, like, more literally, he said, tomorrow your man could be killed by a carriage. Like, mm-hmm. you can call him your great love or whatever and all this stuff, but life is going to do what it's going to do. So if this is your opportunity, you should probably take it. Yep. I think another... Uh, important character thing that happened that episode is Aunt Elizabeth kind of like giving Catherine the okay to kill Peter. Which that I, was crazy. Which I thought was very, yeah, it was crazy. It was big. Mm-hmm. It was intense. I did not see that coming. I thought Aunt Elizabeth would be a very huge thorn in this whole plan side. But when yeah. Catherine confronted her about it, she just kind of had to admit that, oh, shit, I don't want that. Uh, no, that's fine. Sorry, Jess. You're good. And I think Peter was last conversation with his aunt kind of like sealed his fate in her mind where he was very flippant and she was trying to have like a sincere moment with him when she, she knew it was more than likely like the last time she would ever talk to him. And he was yeah. just like, have fun with your trees. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I am excited for there being a season two because of how it ended. Like to, in my mind, there was no way there wasn't going to be a season two with how they ended it. No. You were surprised when I said that. And then you, because I thought it was just a miniseries at first. That's how I thought it was advertised as. In today's age, miniseries could be a two or three season arc. Because isn't The Wire like a miniseries, but that's two seasons? No. Is that just a television series? I think so. Because it was like years and years apart between seasons. The Wire? Yeah. 
had five seasons. That's not a mini series to me. What's the one that had like two seasons? I have no idea. Were they like changed up? Oh, I think True Detective. Y- yes. That is nothing like the wife. Fuck. I don't know things. I don't clearly. Watch TV. Jesus. True Detective, where like they changed the cast. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a mini series. Yes, but, but it like was an two anthology. Seasons an anthology series but it had multiple seasons okay it's not really like a three seasons yeah it's an anthology so would a you mini series a mini series is like a one and done thing would you call Broadchurch a mini series no i would call it a series <laughs> anyways yeah i'm glad i got two seasons because it doesn't end with any sort of resolution or whatever it just ends with she's proceeding with her coup and it just kind of ends before anything really happens. Yeah, like, they're in on. the middle of like half the guards are dead. There's been like sectioned off between people on Peter's side and people on fighting for Catherine. And she gives Belamentov the go ahead and then it ends. Mm-hmm. And I honestly would have liked it ending there. Like, I'm still excited for a second season. I'm not mad that there's not going to be one, but I would have been okay with that ending because it is like a historical. Yes fiction i was gonna say i'm sure because it's a history-based thing if it just ended we could be like okay we can clearly see what comes next because books Mm -hmm. but i don't know i feel like i'm sure the cast got along well and they wanted to continue it and the creator oh yeah enjoyed it because i mean like i mentioned before how they did like the two directors or one director per two episode things like i'm sure that created some really good flow for the creator and the uh hulu must have enjoyed the show too and it, i'm sure it's getting decent ratings mm-hmm. um i mean like viewership yeah not rating ratings mm-hmm. so it just to me it seemed almost like a no-brainer that they would continue <clears throat> it yeah yeah but overall of the series well i was gonna say i guess the last thought for the season one like discussions and stuff do you think with there being a season two peter will survive in the universe um probably yeah you don't think he'll die midway through the season or something like that to be like shocking i don't think so no oh okay i think he's too on i know it's gonna sound really weird but likable of a character for them to do it so like because it's not really like historically accurate all the time yeah that's what it says yeah so one thing i'm sure that annoyed you because you didn't like him as a character is when he discovered we Skin passes when Mario shows him that Catherine was on a plane in the coup. He actually starts crying. Yeah. He's actually upset by it, and you were annoyed because you're like, "Damn you!" Yeah, it was sad. <laughs> like he, he's not supposed to make you sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's sad. He's trying. He's trying now. Yeah. But it wasn't soon enough for Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> as terrible as it is. Anyways, season one as a whole. Big thoughts. Um. Nothing big, just pleasantly surprised. I wasn't going in with really high expectations, um, but I think it's definitely worth watching. Most of the acting's really good. It's funny. I don't mean it's such a like dark topic half the time, but it's really funny. Oh yeah, it's a black comedy essentially, which yeah. is how like ruthless they're being, especially towards like when the nobility are alone talking about the servants and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's. Definitely hard to laugh at. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have said everything we will be saying about this show over the course of the five episodes on the podcast. 
Uh, we've definitely enjoyed it as we've watched now to rate it. Out of 10 what, though? Out of 10 bears? Um, I was going to say peaches. Uh, bears are prevalent throughout the show. From the first episode, bears are a big thing. The first scene... So are peaches. The first scene is her talking about a dream she had where yeah. there's a big bear and that's her love. Yeah. A bear falls on her in her dream in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Just surrender, you stupid computer fuck. It's just a king. That's it. There we go. I win. How about out of 10 bear peaches? Sure. Why not? I want your spicy rating first. Um, I'd give it seven and a half, maybe eight between there. I'm giving it a solid eight. Yeah. Just a solid eight. I enjoyed it. It was funny. Mm-hmm. I went into it surprised. Like I said, I think I mentioned it when we first started it. Like it was literally just on Hulu and I saw it pop up and I was like, oh yeah, I remember hearing about that. So mm-hmm. I started watching it and here we are five episodes later so yeah go check out the great um high expectations for season two now that season one was decent and mm-hmm. so I, I do hope that they do something different and fun with the second season mm-hmm. so yeah go check it out we enjoyed it you will too yeah and we're ready for the last topic right i think so the last movie in this theme yeah said it every time this these 10 episodes we were talking about a critically fan acclaimed whatever movie that at least you or i have not seen ideally something neither of us had seen and this week uh we're gonna have a lot of deja vu talking about this movie because we've watched groundhog day what and yeah neither of us had seen it in full you said you'd seen parts of i've after maybe. after watching it i'm like i don't know if i've seen any of this movie but i swear like before i had seen little bits and pieces on tv like as my family watched it or something but no, not really. I knew that, like, the song replayed over and over. I knew eventually, spoilers for this 27-year-old movie, I knew eventually he got to a point where he just started killing himself like crazy. That was about it. Yeah. That's all I knew about this movie. So we're going to get into it, debate if we liked it or not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did. I yeah. enjoyed the movie. Yeah, it's funny. It was funny. Count it's very much crying. a 1993 comedy. It was insanely predictable what the main point of the movie was going to be. Yeah. Um, he has to learn not to be a jerk anymore. But it still took him so long and was still an enjoyable ride, even though you knew from the start what it was going to end up like. Yeah. I know you did not want him and Rita to end up together. I mean, I just feel like it happened too fast, but also we don't know how long he was there. But for her, it was like an overnight change. Like, I wouldn't change my fucking mind if you were an asshole and then the next day you were not. I would be still be like, okay, good for him. Sorry. There's a analysis on Wikipedia, time loop duration. Oh. And um, it's estimated in the original draft that he spent between 70 and 80 years in this loop. Really? Yeah. How? Because he just kept doing bullshit. Because the analysis... Let me read something. Mm-hmm. Ramis, Harold Ramis, the director, mm-hmm. creator of the movie as well, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, once said that he believed the film took place over 10 years. When a blogger estimated the actual length to be approximately 9 years, Ramis disputed that estimate and his own. He replied that it takes at least 10 years to become good at an activity. 
such as Phil learning ice sculpting and to speak French, and allotting for the downtime and misguided years he spent that had to be more like 30 or 40 years. A similar estimate suggests that it takes at least 10,000 hours of study just over a year's worth of time to become an expert in a field. And given the number of loops seen or mentioned on screen and how long Phil could spend per day studying, that Phil, that Phil spent approximately 12,400 days or nearly 34 years trapped. In Rubin's original concept draft, Phil himself estimates that he has been trapped for 70 and 80 years, having used books to track the passage of time. So in the book, yeah, it is based on a book, right? Oh, is it? I'm checking. I don't think it is. No. Okay. So just in the draft. Yeah. So in the first draft, it's supposed to take place between 70 and 80 years, but they're saying that it's actually 34 years. I'm, like they said, like, it takes a long time to get good at all the things that he's doing. So I'm willing to bet it's closer to that 70 years in this loop. That's why, (laughs) yeah, that's why you spend a month of your new life trying to kill yourself. So, I mean... I I feel like it's not easy to get to that point, and so you have to spend a lot of time doing that. Yeah. Anyways. You did get really good at the piano. And French. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, you didn't like the Rita relationship, because there was definitely, there was an entire, like, arc where he's spending so much of his time just trying to get with her. Mm -hmm. Trying to get in her pants. And being fake. Yes. not being a real person. Yes. Does that, does your opinion and feelings towards him change by the end of the movie when he gives up that, you know, douchebaggery? Yeah. Do you think he's worthy of Rita by the end of it? I mean, I just don't think, I don't know. It didn't all seem like he was doing it out of the goodness of his heart. Yeah. I just never really bought that, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just wrong. I mean, what about it made it? seem like he wasn't doing it for the good of his heart i don't know just he seemed to be so like apathetic towards everything yeah maybe i I get it after 70 or 80 years of it but i don't know it still came across as trying to impress her i definitely think like in the last loop we see like he literally just like disappears from her like Mm -hmm. he just doesn't bother her all day and he goes and just like helps out the town and stuff yeah and so i think on his last loop by the end of it like he has just given in and he is actually a caring person for the small town yeah and the loop knows that's why it let him go whereas if he was just faking it i think he would still be trapped in there and i'm sure he did have days where he just faked it and i guess just admit you like phil by the end of the movie i indifferent <laughs> i like bill murray yeah it definitely caught me off guard by just how many chuckles and laughs i got out of it just because it's goofy and oh yeah you were really liking it i was chuckling Mm -hmm. it's a chuckle buster you were loling yeah i can't even remember some like funny quotes i know you loved the stephen tobolowski or whatever tobolowski tobolowski ned ryerson yeah needlehead ned Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm sure he's a fan favorite character in that oh yeah that those loops are everyone's favorite that first step's a doozy my favorite is just when he shows up and just punches him in the face and keeps walking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's the wrong choice to make. Like if in your, you're in a game, like, you know, going to lose karma. People are going to remember that. But still, to me, that was the funniest. Yeah. I'm sure you liked the one where he just hugged him mm-hmm. and made Ned leave him because mm-hmm. he was too much. Yeah. What other scenes or standout loops 
come to mind after watching it like what about this movie do you think it's just it is that funny then that's why it's so highly acclaimed the story does is the story interesting that much to you i think probably at the time it came out it was so different and we've seen it's been not mocked but like not parodied like mimicked in a way like so many times over the years this can't be the first loop-esque media is it i don't know i swear there must be like a twilight zone episode or something like that's what i was thinking about i don't know but it's this i think it's the humor it's the heart it's i think at that time andy mcdowell was like america's sweetheart so (laughs) i can see that being a big draw for people Mm -hmm. but for you does this movie leave like a lasting impression um it's gonna be one of those movies that's you know it's a classic and you know, I'm not going to talk about it every day like it's, you know, the best movie ever, but I can now say I've seen it and I enjoyed it and it's fun. You know, it's for a very dark topic and things that happen. It's really lighthearted still, which is a weird balance as far as would I put it on the top 100 movies of all time? No. Right. But it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, there was nothing wrong with it. It's just it's an average little kind of dark comedy. Are you done chess? No, I won a while ago. I'm just no. reading a sad thing about it. Oh. Um, just because we're talking about the like long-lasting thing of this movie and mm-hmm. the ending of it and what story it tells. Here's the aftermath on Wikipedia. Ruh-roh. Murray initially hated the finished Groundhog Day. In a 1993 interview, he said that he wanted to focus on the comedy and the underlying theme of people repeating their lives out of fear of change. Remus wanted to focus on the redeeming power of love. Even so, Murray agreed that Ramis had ultimately been right to do so. The film marked the end of Ramis and Murray's nearly 20-year-long relationship that, among other things, had created films like Caddyshack, Stripes, and Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. After filming concluded, Murray stopped speaking to Ramis. He never contacted Ramis and refused to speak about him in interviews. Conversely, Ramis openly spoke... Am I saying Ramis right, Held Ramis? I think so. Okay, sorry. I'm just saying it so much now. I'm self-conscious. Yeah. Conversely, Ramis openly spoke about Murray, both criticizing him and discussing his dreams where they were pair, where the pair were once again friends. Mm. Some of their close acquaintances, including producer Michael Schamberg, speculated that Mary, Murray had grown disillusioned with the assumption that his best work only came in collaboration with Ramis or that Ramis was responsible for Murray's public persona. I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Uh, Ramis reached out to Murray to cast him in his 2005 black comedy, The Ice Harvest. Murray's brother declined on his behalf when Ramis inquired further Brian said that Ramis never just was never discussed by Murray except for a few brief exchanges at public events the pair did not speak for nearly two decades they reunited only in the final few months of Ramis's life in 2014 that's so sad what happened (laughs) they disagreed on this movie and then Murray ruined a friendship because I think it like they this Blur briefly mentions it where it like brings about this underlying thing where Murray got in his head where he feels like Ramus and his writing and his decision making is what made Bill Murray and he wanted to like distance himself from that and he did it in a very dramatic way yeah. is what I'm gathering. I don't know. That kind of makes it a little more sad because mm-hmm. I felt that Murray still was able to be this improv comedy actor and like this it was it, it's a comedy movie like I don't think of it as this major like feel-good-esque movie you know i mean ultimately it is but at the same time that's not what comes right to mind so 
it's just odd that Murray takes such an offense to the ending of this movie that he breaks their 20-year-long relationship. Yeah. There was also apparently a uh, short story, short film author that threatened legal action because he alleged that they copied his short story 1201 hmm. and its short film adaptation about a man stuck in a time loop. Huh. So. I'm going to read from Bill Murray's Wikipedia page. He has a section entitled Feuds. Yes. <laughs> Multiple feuds, <laughs> apparently. Um, they had a falling out. Uh... According to the screenwriter, they were like two brothers who weren't getting along. Apparently, they had such intense creative differences that one day, Ramis grabbed Murray by the shirt collar and threw him against a wall. Is that it for feuds? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's odd. <laughs> I, I mean, feel like it's very brief. For... There's a lot more oh, okay. from, with like different actors no, and directors. No, I just with Ramis. I, I mean, it just says, as a result, Groundhog Day serves everything you've already said, basically. Okay. It's just okay. a short paragraph. Yeah. But, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm sure that there are people that took characters from this and mimic that and further. Like, I could see this being a very influential movie Mm -hmm. for people that want to get into comedy or want to maybe do the more serious acting because there were definitely more emotional scenes in this comedy. But yeah, I felt this during it. I'm sorry. I'm on Wikipedia. Uh, Roger Ebert compared it to the Murray starring Christmas comedy Scrooged. Seems similar. Mm Mm-hmm in the like general theme of let's take this asshole and make him see these bad things or make him go crazy until he realizes like, Oh, I should be a good person. I felt a very similar vibe to the whole like Scrooge story Mm -hmm. to this movie. Yeah. It's a common kind of trope of the bah humbug self-centered guy learns to be a good person. Mm -hmm. His heart grew three sizes that day. I think I've said it enough already, but I did enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. I do understand the impact it has. And it does make me curious about seeing more of the Ramus films, if they have a similar feel, things like that. Like Ghostbusters? Uh, maybe. I don't know. That's, I've never seen that. That's his big one. I've never seen Back to the Future. I know that's not Ramus, but... Yeah. That I, to me, I lump those two in like the same category. I get I, why, I think but... it's fair. Yeah. I think it's fair because yeah. yeah, what caddyshack that was another one i said mm-hmm. he did a lot of the national lampoon things he did i don't care i've seen those though so yeah. i don't really care yeah but he did bedazzled have you ever seen bedazzled oh shit no. with brendan fraser it's like oh god what Be- does he do bedazzled maybe Ugh, oh god oh yeah with elizabeth hurley oh yeah, yeah i love that movie such a good movie yeah I had a huge crush on Elizabeth Hurley because yeah, of this movie. Yeah, because she was the devil. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. This is like peak Brendan Fraser in my mind. Yeah. Fraser or something. I think that's how you're supposed to say it. Fraser. Fraser? Yeah, I think that's how you're supposed to say it because there's no I in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good movie. I've seen that movie. I had no idea who was behind that. I didn't know it was Harold Ramis. That's really funny. It's a really funny movie. That's an odd yeah. That to me that's too raunchy in my mind for Harold Ramis. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, I guess in Ghostbusters there's like a blowjob scene. So. There is? How do you know that? why is that a thing, sir? It's a ghost blowjob scene. Mm-hmm. One of the Ghostbusters gets a blowjob. He directed from four a ghost. episodes of The Office. Wow. That's cool. 
Anyway, Groundhog Day, Harold Ramis. Uh, have you looked up Chris Elliott? Because we both definitely recognized him. I know him from How I Met Your Mother. He was in Scary Movie 2, for yes. sure. He was also in There's Something About Mary. I've never seen it. I've seen it once, probably like 12 or 15 years ago, and I don't really remember it. Mm-hmm. The only thing I remember about that movie is there's a scene where Ben Stiller gets his balls caught in his zipper. That's cool. That was a excruciating scene. Yeah. Uh, it's the guys who did Dumb and Dumber and Kingpin. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a young Chris. Yeah, everyone is young. And mm-hmm. then there's Bill Murray. Yeah. It was just the same age perpetually. Yeah. Uh, let's rate it. I know you're not gonna. Mm-mm. I will, though. Out mm-hmm. of 10, what? 10 loops? No. 10 beavers? No, they're Ground not beavers. Hogs. Groundhogs. I forget that's the actual animal. That's too, like, on the nose. Like the beaver's nose? That's from... I know. Oh, woodchuck and groundhog is the same thing. Oh, weird. Out of ten... Snowball fights. Aren't any of you up for adoption? (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) He went insane. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, out of ten snowball fights, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably give it a seven. Pleasantly enjoyable, but like... We've said, like, the story is just so predictable that, like, that is not where the enjoyment of this movie. It's just the comedy and Bill Murray. Yeah. That's the, those are the best things about this movie. That's why you should go watch it. Mm -hmm. And it is timeless, as odd as that is for this movie. That's it. We did nine movies, technically. Yeah. What was the, what were the movies we watched? Memento? We watched Memento. Yeah. We watched Equilibrium. You didn't watch that. I did not. We watched V for Vendetta. You didn't watch that. Yeah. We watched Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Watched The Lobster. Yes. We watched Annie Hall. Yes. We watched something last week that was just... We watched right. Godfather. Yes. We watched Being John Malkovich. That's what we watched, yeah. I think that's all of them, right? I think so. Memento, Godfather, Equilibrium, Annie Hall, Vendetta, Being John Malkovich, The Lobster, We're missing one. Groundhog Day. Oh, Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Duh. The best one. Eh, I don't know. I thought it was funny. I would probably say The Lobster might have been my favorite. That was rough. Yeah, I don't know. Well, out of... That's a good question. Out of these nine, what do you think is your favorite? I would say Big Lebowski. Interesting. I mean, I don't want to count Annie Hall because... No. I've always liked that movie. So I would say Big Lebowski. Probably The Lobster second. I'd probably say Lobster and then this. And then probably being John Malkovich, just because that was such an experience. That was, that's a word. Yes, that is a word for it. So to you, is like the same reaction you get from being John Malkovich similar to Midsummer? <laughs> no, Midsummer was weirder somehow. But think of the pouty flower being. But yeah, that's it. There's our nine movies, our top of the nine we did it. We're going to be back next week with a board game. I'm excited for it. It's going to be fun. I've talked about it before. I never played it on the show, though. So get ready for that. Thanks for listening, as always. Make sure you tell your dog about us. They're the most important. After that, if you want to tell a friend or a family member to go check us out, we would appreciate that, too. Uh, otherwise, we will see you next week for a fun, non-topical episode. Bye-bye. Bye.